You're listening to Brand to Brand, a not so serious marketing show for serious marketers. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're dusting off that corporate strategy. We'll take a look at brands like GE and JetBlue to discuss why mission statements matter in today's world. All right, let's kick things off. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelts. Welcome back, everyone. We are digging deep on the fundamentals of corporate brand strategy. A lot of people are saying, hey, what does this mission statement really mean anymore? Is it just a bunch of vacuous words? Does it tie back to anything? And... Gone are the days of strategic planning, these multi-year plans where we sort of set out an agenda for five years during COVID, amidst COVID, people have really kind of put that as a backseat, but it's starting to come back. People are starting to say, okay, is this a time to look back? And in many cases, that strategic planning all comes back to that mission statement. It's something I think we could all get more out of. What's your take on this, V? I feel like a lot of brands seem to be suffering from an existential crisis. (laughs) It is crazy, though. There's probably people listening right now. You don't even know what the hell your company's mission statement is. Or maybe you wrote it and then you just put it away and you never thought about it again. And you're I'm going to defend our listeners. They all have it. They brought it with them. They knew we were talking about it today. I'm not going to defend our listeners. (laughs) They have it. They're ready. It means something to them. They're moved by it. It is the drum, the pulse that gets them up every day. Okay, but. It's the heartbeat. That's great for them. Are they making it actionable (laughs) for the rest of their team? So it's like filtering across every single thing. Seems like a lot of work. Sideways and upwards. (laughs) No, they just they brought their homework. They didn't know they were supposed to do a whole bunch of extra vision and mission sessions. It was for extra credit. Okay, I think our listeners are overachievers. You were just throwing them under the bus. I know, I know. She'll never know. (laughs) With that, you want to get into it? (laughs) Yeah, we probably should. News team, assemble! The captain has turned on the seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts. Attention, this is your captain speaking. Breaking news update coming from the Brand to Brand studio. This is Veronica interrupting the podcast to just say that while we try to get these episodes out as soon as we possibly can, the news cycle is fast and often unforgiving. And since we recorded this, JetBlue has really taken a slide in terms of brand equity. And in an episode talking about mission statements and core values, we would really miss the landing if we didn't mention that you're not going to hear in this episode some of the latest news with JetBlue, which is the amount of flights that they have canceled, the amount of flights that they have delayed, people in uproar, the brand equity that this brand has worked so hard to build through talking about their employees drinking their blue juice, for example, uh, is uh, really starting to run that well dry. Uh, Of course, the most recent news is obviously Spirit and Frontier are merging. That's a deal that's not gone through yet. And JetBlue threw their hat in the ring with an offer that shareholders, of course, need to consider. The Spirit Airlines board rejected it. And the CEO is now urging shareholders to not take this offer, which he's calling CEO Ted Christie, cynical and disruptive. Because of the JetBlue alliance with American Airlines um, and an issue where they basically would need to divest themselves of that alliance to be able to actually merge with Spirit, it seems like the only logical reason this offer is happening is to try to mess up the deal with Spirit and Frontier. 
So that is some big corporate politics we're dealing with. Now, back to your episode. GE or JetBlue? Who are you going to go with today? Well, I actually have the JetBlue credit card, and I'm a frequent flyer, so I'm going to ease my seat back with my extensive legroom and fly away. A true brand loyalist <laughs> that was won over by a card scheme. <laughs> yeah, that's it. true. I know I fell right <laughs> for it. <laughs> I guess you could really say they swept me off my feet. Oh my gosh. I guess that uh, puts you with GE and our buddy Jack Welch. Well, Jack's no longer with the company, but I'm happy to share my point of view. Uh, but but let's start with the origin story, GE. GE, 125 years in business, started as General Electric by Thomas Edison in 1889. Their mission statement, we rise to the challenge of building a world that works. It's pretty solid. <laughs> it's pretty solid. <laughs> Does it work? It's. I mean, I guess the mission statement works. It's frustrating when products don't work. So I think that's something that and in a get behind. Yeah, in a world where so many things that we buy online that are cheap and don't work very well, that yes. just kind of fall apart, that they actually debuted and they put a commercial together for. And it really was sort of debuting this sort of messaging. Let me play it for you. Everyone wakes up every morning to a world that must keep turning. Moving going. The world can't stop, so neither can we. Because while gravity may keep our planet on its axis, it's what we build that keeps things moving forward. I mean, something like that is just beautiful, heartwarming, and it's it just shows you how this messaging can be taken, can be leveraged. And aspirationally in that video, you're seeing teachers, classrooms, students, all people walks of life, people walking in, engineers inspecting facilities, things happening, people at home making coffee, showing us a world that's powered mm -hmm. by GE products mm -hmm. because they make all sorts of things. <laughs> they make it all. <laughs> they make it all. What's JetBlue up to? <laughs> JetBlue's mission statement is to inspire humanity both in the air and on the ground. How do they do it on the ground? Because I'm usually I, in the air when I'm. I'm I really their have service. to say, after doing the research for this, this is one that kind of smells like bullshit. Like, why you're inspiring humanity? Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, JetBlue, and I do have a clip we can play to also introduce this uh, this mission statement in just a moment as well. Began as a startup in JFK, which a lot of people thought that was impo an impossible feat, and they did it, and the brand has really taken off since then. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, from the beginning, though, this company has definitely gripped onto the mission that it is different and it stands out from the competition. And I think their clip on their brand mission statement definitely tells that story. And when JetBlue was founded, it was founded with a difference, and that was to bring humanity back to air travel. We recognize that to be responsible to our business and to our brand and to our customers, we need to adapt to what their needs are. We look for long-term relationships. We're not in this to do a bam, here's the new product, and then thank you all, see you later. We look for people that make a relationship with us that lasts. So I know I was making fun of JetBlue's mission statement about inspiring humanity. I think it's a little bit lofty for a mission statement and for an airline to talk about that. I do like that clip because it talks about the humble beginnings of JetBlue's brand really setting out to bring some semblance of airfare can be for everybody and accessible to everybody. And that is super cool because you never see class more 
clearly, especially in America, than on an airplane. You're heading to economy. You pass all the people in business class and first class. Those are generally people who have a little bit more money. They in their overpaid. Pocket. That's that's what you got to think to yourself. They, they definitely you know, overpaid, and that is what I think. Same it's, destination. Why do they make eye contact when I'm climbing <laughs> back to coach with the farts of the poor? Why do they load them first? Why don't they wait until us plebeians get, make it onto the plane? Because they want to sit there and look at you and go, mm-hmm. Do they? Yeah, really? I think no. There's probably some if people. I was them, I'd want to pull a curtain <laughs> and no. say, just get when this you're over going with. to coach. That's what you think to like reconcile the no. feeling of pride as no, you no, no, shuffle no. to the back and try to find a spot for your suitcase. But this brand has really, really leaned into that. And that is something that has carried them to where they are today. But that's enough about your world <laughs> and in the sky. Let's get back to GE. GE, go to their website. You experience, you experience that mission. GE has some powerful visuals. Their about page leads with their purpose first then notes their leadership. And they've had a host of really significant leaders, Jack Welsh being one that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Beyond that, you know, they present that their leadership team and the board is committed to this mission. And following that, they have statements around their commitment to innovation. Next, they have environmental, social, and governance. GE brings to market the innovative solutions that deliver essential energy, healthcare, and transportation infrastructure. We work with the highest integrity, compliance, culture, and respect for human rights while also reducing the impact of our technology and environmental footprint. I could go either way on that. There's some strong points there. It's getting a little close to corporate speak here, it which is, is hard is. when you're in the clouds. Another thing I will say about JetBlue and about how their mission and their brand ladders back to their employees that I thought was awesome and is also going to this like corporate new agey brand speak that they think is like so hot because everyone loves their own brand, which is they refer to their employees as crew members, even those who don't hold the front lines and the words that they use they started to create this kind of cult following, and you and I have talked about this. Don't outwardly talk about people drinking the company Kool-Aid. That's not like a good thing. And they actually talk about having their crew members go to JetBlue University to learn about the company and drink the blue juice, which means you get a healthy dose of the JetBlue brand. <laughs> like, like, you don't want your company. Take the red juice or the blue juice and choose your own adventure. In one juice, you can stay awake for the whole flight, but watch the greatest <laughs> movies of your life. And with another juice, you could sleep for the entire flight and wake up at your life full of I recommend faster. the red juice for a red eye, but that's just me. It's really up to you. It's whatever the you're doing the red juice pairs really nice with a red eye. Speaking of values, GE says to its team, says to its employees, puts out on its site, act with humility, lead with transparency, and deliver with focus. And that brings us to Jack Welch, a person that has been absolutely revered. Taking GE and transforming it from $14 billion to more than $410 billion when he retired in 2001. He was held as a standard bearer. He was idealized by business students. This book, Welch, an American icon, details all about his business philosophy, the business units that GE kept, but how did he get to that number? He got to that number specifically within acquisitions. Yeah, well, yeah, and you also said what he kept, which, and I think that was a big part of his legacy. He cut a lot, too. He cut a <laughs> lot, too. And you said, as a, as a corporate leader, kind of a tough guy to work with. Yeah, Neutron Jack. Neutron Jack. <laughs> and it's so interesting because my only 
real connection to understanding GE or even Jack Welch. I didn't read that book, but I know him from his cameo <laughs> on 30 Rock, which for those of you who don't watch 30 Rock, uh, there was a character, Jack Donaghy, who is definitely inspired by um, this persona that Jack Welch embodied. And Alec Baldwin was playing this character. They actually had Jack Welch make a cameo in an episode of 30 Rock where he is also in a meta way, making fun of his own brand and his own legacy of kind of being this hard ass, which is, you got to give him some credit to lean into it like that. Should we play the clip? We should play the clip. Mr. Welsh, it's good to see you again. Please, John, call me Jack. I actually go by Jack as well. I don't think so. Well, I'd like to talk to Don. I know he's here. He is here, but he's dead. He died three weeks ago. The company wanted to keep it quiet until the deal went through. So I've been hiding him in your freezer, just like we did with Hiram Scheinhardt during the RCA deal. Look, I know how much Dawn meant to you. And if you need to pass some eye water, I'll be happy to go out and get you some weakness tissues. No, I'm not crying. If oh you need my some God. weakness tissues. <laughs> he was a tough guy. He said as he broke out his people, right, that you'd, uh, what, you'd keep the top 20%. You'd mentor the next 70%, and you'd cut the next 10% annually, every year. You weren't driving results? You're dead. You're in a freezer. <laughs> You're not making it to next year. <laughs> Last thing I'll say about GE under Jack Walsh's leadership, he laid off over 100,000 workers, and at one point he even said, you know, huge focus around globalization, moving his factories overseas. At one point he even said... If he had his way, he'd put every GE plant on a barge, <laughs> a.k.a. like you could literally just float it around wherever things were the cheapest. Aye, aye, aye. And now in today's world, we're seeing so much more of an effort towards bringing factories back to America, making manufacturing happen, seeing supply chain disruption and the, and the situations that we find ourselves in today, us having control of our manufacturing in Housing our manufacturing, having it local is extraordinarily important. So, again, looking back at anyone's leadership, you know, 20, who knows how we're going to be judged 20 years into the future. We don't have a crystal ball, uh, but it's certainly interesting to see someone like this, an American icon, uh, and just how much has changed in business and how important it is to take a fresh look at our own mission statements. So, with that all said, if we wanted to talk about any other brands, and their mission statements. Any others come to mind? There are definitely some major recognizable brands that are revered in terms of their mission statements. You got TED, Spread Ideas. LinkedIn, to connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful. Tesla, to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Mm. Lofty goal. Nike, my personal favorite on this, even though Nike, you know, corporate sustainability practices, maybe not the best, but their mission statement, very clever. Bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Asterisk, if you have a body, you are an athlete. So inclusive. Love that. Right? Making that basically like no matter what you are, if you're human, Nike's actually applicable to you. Not the <laughs> uh, tightest mission statement, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. With the asterisk in there. But I think that it just shows the importance and the adaption of these. And so what a lot of brands are saying is this traditional mission statement isn't necessarily delivering for us anymore. It's all of this corporate lip service. 
companies are starting to talk about this thing called a decision pulse. It's this single strategic direction or identity, one level below the vision that makes corporate strategy actionable. And I'll give you an example. Starbucks in 2007, when they were starting to lose market share and their stock price was starting to slump, the CEO came in and he said, wait a second, we need to focus. We need to double down. Starbucks needs to reassert its coffee authority. That was his decision pulse. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, while other brands like Dunkin' Donuts or otherwise were launching all of these other ancillary products, breakfast sandwiches, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 no. Starbucks needs to focus. He went in, he got rid of their breakfast sandwiches that they had. He, in 2008, closed every Starbucks in the United States for three hours to teach every barista how to make the perfect espresso. They lost over $6 million in that one day alone. But the focus was to bring back that authority. He even went so far. The reason he got rid of the breakfast sandwiches, which accounted for 3% of their profit, he was like, I don't want people walking in and smelling anything else but our coffee. Mm. Coffee authority. Wow. That's pretty impressive. He really thought about the whole experience of the senses. And Starbucks really is around that three-dimensional brand experience. So we use that as an example. I think that just goes to show you why this messaging can be so important. And the takeaway in many ways was the Starbucks CEO wanted the ability for everybody all the way down to your frontline staff, your coffee barista, to be thinking holistically about that. Coffee authority, the smell of the coffee, the experience. And then if they're all thinking about that, they're all going to steward the brand and work towards the business's goal without needing an executive over their shoulder the entire time trying to help them filter their own decision making. It's genius. 100%. And now for something completely different. All right. So we talked about two household name brands talked about these mission statements, these high-level, lofty rallying cries. We all have them. We don't look at them all the time. Some of us are considering updating them. I know pundits are out there pontificating about the death of the strategic plan gone or these multi-year outlooks in favor of being nimble and responsive to changing elements in our world. We're hearing more and more about the failures of the mission statement to connect with stakeholders these lofty, buzzword-filled things that aren't so relevant anymore. So what do we need to do? We all need to review our corporate strategy, starting with our mission statement. If it's old, if it's dusty, if it doesn't still ring true, it's time for a change. Often in business, we say that this is our reason for getting up in the morning and doing what we do. It's the gas in our fuel tank. Does yours still move you? So after you've done that review, next step as you're evaluating this thing, keep it clear. Mission statements should equip your entire team with the foundation to execute the company vision from the top without constant oversight. Some say it's the one decision that settles 1,000 later decisions. So it can be really powerful. Another trend that we're seeing to address the gap that a mission leaves behind is a decision pulse. So if you have a lofty mission, a lofty mission that still motivates you, a lofty mission you still believe in, but you feel like there's some missing piece 
for your team to carry it out day in and day out. Look at other messaging. Look at other tools that are available in your corporate strategy. Prestige worldwide. Why? 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 <laughs> Investors? Possibly you. <laughs> so, so if you had to take anything away from this episode, Veronica, what would it be? That if you even slightly think your mission <laughs> statement is bullshit, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mine would be that the decisions that we make as leaders will be judged tomorrow. And it's never been more important to set the agenda of where you're headed. And with that, we're out, folks. Thank you and enjoy your flight. Thanks so much for listening to the Brand to Brand podcast. Subscribe and share to unlock your platinum membership. <laughs> Just kidding. That doesn't exist, but we'd really appreciate it. <laughs>